Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to talk about your dream team. We're going to talk about who's on it and where you can find them. Having a dream team makes this business so much more fun and interesting, and it makes leadership easy when you're leading your dream team. Nothing drains you faster than having the wrong people on your team. And the best way to build your dream team is to start with a vision. If you're building your dream house, this is how you would start. You would never tell a builder, just build me any house and build it as fast and as big as you can and expect to end up with your dream house. You would talk about the size and the style and the layout of the house even before he broke ground. And if you're renovating your house to turn it into a dream home, you would do the same thing. You wouldn't just start knocking off walls and just adding on rooms and and things like that because you're not going to end up with your dream house. You're just going to end up with more of something you don't want. And the same goes for your dream team. Some of you are starting from scratch and you're about to break ground. Some of you already have a team and you're looking to expand it. In either case, you need a vision for your dream team so that what you build is what you want. Most direct sellers never take the time to define their dream team. And guess what? Most direct sellers don't have their dream team. It probably doesn't occur to some to create a vision for their team. And some direct sellers are afraid to do it because they're afraid they won't find enough people. That kind of thinking is a definition of a lack mindset. An abundance mindset knows that there's more than enough of the right people out there. Here's what defining your dream team will do for you. First, when you know who you're looking for, you'll know where to look for them. If you go to Target to look for jeans, you don't wander around the store aimlessly. You go right to the clothing section and then to the jeans, and then you search through the jeans to find the style and the size that you want. Second, you'll know how to structure your business so that you can attract your dream team to you. In most cases, your dream team will be a lot like you, and you'll have similar values and interests. Your definition of fun will be the same as theirs. My youngest daughter went camping with some friends last weekend, and she told me all about their adventures and how much fun they had. They spent three days sleeping in tents, eating basic food, hiking, and playing in the creeks. It was a dream vacation for my youngest, but it would have been a nightmare for my oldest. And if my oldest was on that vacation, it would have been a nightmare for everyone else too. The third thing defining your dream team will do for you is give your reticular activating system something to work with. In case you forgot, your reticular activating system is the part of your brain that listens to all your thoughts and then filters through all the information that you're exposed to and then matches everything up. So it shows you what's important to you. So think about putting together a puzzle. When you're looking for a piece, you have a criteria that you're looking for. It might be a shape or a color or both. Your reticular activating system takes that information and looks at all the puzzle pieces and it finds the ones that are going to fit your criteria. It's going to do the same for your dream team, but it can only do that if it knows what you're looking for. So let's go ahead and get started creating a vision for your dream team. 
Now, chances are your dream team is a lot like you because like attracts like. So the easiest way to go through this exercise is to think about you. You can get as specific as you want, but I found that it's best to start a little broader at first, especially if you're at the beginning stages of building a team. And then later, if you want, you can fine tune your vision. Now, if you want to, you can write down your vision or you can just start to create an image in your mind. Whatever you come up with by the end of this episode is just a starting point. You can add to it and refine it as much as you want, and I encourage you to do that. The more you think about it, the more likely your vision will become a reality. Plus, thinking about it will give you more ideas for how to meet your dream team. And of course, it's going to continue to remind your reticular activating system what you're looking for so that it can point out the right people to you. So I want you to have fun with this. In fact, we're going to start by talking about fun. Everyone says they want their team to be fun, but what does that mean? Fun means something different for everyone. My daughter, Lauren, thinks a fun vacation is sleeping outdoors and surfing. My other daughter defines fun as staying at the nicest hotel she can afford and going out to delicious meals that are paired with good wine. So what does fun mean to your dream team? Picture your team on a team retreat. Where is it? Are you at an Airbnb at the beach? Are you tucked away in a cabin in the woods? Do you stay close to home and do it in a meeting room at a local community center? Or are you all doing it virtually from your own homes? Are there goodie bags and swag? Does everyone wear a matching t-shirt? What do you do for food? Do you do something simple like sandwiches or a salad? Does everyone pack their own lunch? Do you bring in a caterer or do you go out to a nice meal? What about the fun that you have after the meeting? Do you go out as a group? And if you do, where do you go? Do you go dancing and sing karaoke? Do you go bowling or play mini golf? Do you do a bonfire with s'mores at the beach? Or maybe you stay in and play games or watch a movie. There is no right or wrong answer, but when you're having fun with people, you want it to be your kind of fun and your fun attracts other people who think that same thing too. So I want you to really define this, even if you're not going to do a retreat. I also want you to think about what you talk about when you're not talking about business. And the answer to this question will help you define the stage of life, the interests, and the values of your dream team. Again, they're probably a lot like you. They're probably in the same stage of life that you're in. They probably have the same socioeconomic status. They probably live in a similar type community that you live in, and they value and prioritize the same things. Young moms talk about very different things than empty nesters. People who live in a rural area have different interests than people who live in a city. So take some time to think about who you want to work with and who you want to hang out with. You don't have to get into the specifics about a retreat. Maybe you don't even want to do a retreat and that's okay. Your dream team doesn't have to be a retreat kind of team. In any case, focus on the last question of what do you talk about when you're not talking about business? Because your dream team is going to have more in common with each other than just a love of the products. Relationships in this business last longer than careers. Your dream team isn't going to be identical to each other. It's going to look more like a bell curve and you're going to be in the middle of the curve. So if you live in the suburbs, most of your team will probably live in the suburbs too, but you will have some people who live in a rural area and some people will live in a city. If you're a mom of school-age kids, most of your team will probably also have school-age kids, but you'll also have team members who don't have any kids and some who have preschoolers and some who have adult kids. 
If you don't create a vision for your team, you're going to end up with a hodgepodge group of people who don't have anything in common. And teams like that are typically made up of hobbyists and hopeful sellers, and the leaders of those teams get burned out very quickly. Let's keep going, and we're going to keep coming up with some different questions, and then I'm going to tell you how you can find your dream team. So let's talk about when you're at a conference or an incentive trip, because when you're on those things, when you're at a conference or a trip, when you're with your people, you want to make sure your people are your people. So when you're having fun with your team, you want everyone to be on the same page. What does a fun night look like when your team is together? Do you snuggle into someone's room with snacks and watch Pitch Perfect for the 50th time? Do you stay up late and swap notes and plan the rest of the year? Or do you go out on the town and experience a local culture? Most incentive trips are by the beach. So do you organize an all-day excursion where you hike, sail, and snorkel? Or do you spend the day getting spa treatments? Or maybe walk into town and do some window shopping? What does your team like to do for fun when they're at home? Do they like to do outdoorsy type things like go for a hike or play sports? Do they like to craft or garden? Do they like to experiment in the kitchen? What do they do on a Sunday morning? Do they go out and play golf? Do they go to church? Do they sleep in and read a good book in bed? Do they go to their kid's soccer game? Go into as much detail as possible. And once you have an idea of the lifestyle of your dream team, think about how you can put yourself in front of them. So if they go to church, then go to church. It's hard to meet people at the 9 a.m. service. If your dream team practices a Christian lifestyle, you're probably going to have to do more than just sit in a pew join a small group or a Bible study, or volunteer at church. And if you're going to volunteer, make sure that you're volunteering for something where you're going to get to interact with people so that you can meet people. So don't volunteer to pick up bulletins on a Wednesday, take them home to your house, stuff them all up, and then drop them off on a Friday because you're not going to meet anybody doing that. Instead, rock babies in the nursery, serve coffee in the vestibule, or join the choir. Get to know the people on your service team and then invite them to lunch after service sometime. You don't have to do it on the first weekend, and it might take you months to work up the nerve to do it or to build up a relationship enough to do it. When you do go to lunch or you're in your small group, I want you to act like a normal person. Don't show up wearing logo wear head to toe or have a bunch of samples fall out of your bag when you pull out your Bible. Act like a pharmaceutical rep. They don't wear their logo shirts all the time or try to hand out samples of foot cream to everyone they just met. Your business is going to come up in conversation eventually, and when it does, the people that you're talking to will be in the no stage of sponsoring. They'll move to the like stage when it's appropriate for them. Play the long game. If you're in this for the long haul, you have time. If you push it, you'll risk pushing them out of the game forever. You can also do this virtually and find online Bible studies or join a Facebook group for Christian women or start one yourself, but only do this or any of the other suggestions if you're really interested in the organization or the activity. Don't do something just to meet people because the people that you meet won't be your people. If your dream team is crafty, you're probably crafty too. So take a class at Michael's or at a community college or host a direct sales party that's craft-based with a consultant who does in-person workshops or has an online community. Choose a consultant who is in the same demographic as you because like attracts like. So if she's like you, there's a good chance that her community and her customers will also be like you. When I was in Creative Memories, I hosted several workshops a month, and some of my customers met at the workshops, and they became friends, and a lot of them are still friends now. 
Again, don't be weird, spammy, or icky. Don't be the person who perpetuates a stereotype of direct sellers. Host a chocolate party if you want to, but don't expect a chocolate consultant to host one of your parties. And when you do host a party, don't cleverly stage your products in your house or in the background of your Zoom so that your guest or her community can see them. Now, if you're a wine consultant, then serve your wine or take a bottle to the workshop, but do it like a normal person who bought the wine at a grocery store. If you're a 31 consultant and you're going to a workshop at someone's house or to a class at Michael's, put your supplies in a tote, but do it like a customer would. Leave your catalogs in the car, and if anyone asks to see one because somehow your business organically came up, give it to her, but don't put them in your bag and then lay them out next to all your stuff. If you sell jewelry, wear your jewelry, but again, wear it like a customer. Don't be a walking display for it. Think about the interests that you have and think about the interests that your potential dream team has and then figure out where they hang out. So do some research to find groups or classes, organizations, or opportunities that align with your interests and your values. And you can look for Facebook groups, you can look on community websites, and you can go to community colleges. Look for retail stores that host events and classes that you'd be interested in, like Sir Tab or William Sonoma host cooking classes, or go to a local nursery for a gardening class. Some restaurants and wine stores host special wine tastings. Some running stores host running, walking, and hiking clubs. Sign up for a dance class if that's something you're interested in, or join a gym and sign up for a boot camp because the same kind of people are going to be in the boot camp all the time and you'll get to know them, or go to the same yoga class every week, or take golf lessons. I want you to do things that you're going to be in front of people and you're going to have an opportunity to interact with them. If there's someone at the yoga class that looks like your people, invite her to coffee after yoga someday, but take your time building this relationship. Go to yoga because you love yoga. Other people who love yoga will also be there. They'll be your people. And if you're going to be doing yoga for a long time, you have time to build this relationship. Don't rush it. Other places that you might meet people is on Nextdoor or on Meetup. You could also search for women's clubs or look for something like a junior league. Look for volunteer possibilities that excite you, like an animal shelter or a food pantry. You could lead Girl Scouts or sign up to be a team mom. You could join a bunker group or a book club. And if you can't find one, then put one together. You're a leader. You can do that. When we moved to California 11 years ago, I didn't know anyone out here besides my realtor. And I was in the field at the time, so I had to meet people quickly to build my business. Now, I met a couple of neighbors, but I wanted to accelerate it. So I did up an invitation to something I called drinks in a driveway. And I spent an evening walking around my neighborhood, putting the invitations on everyone's door. And then the night of the drinks in the driveway, everyone came, they, it was BYOB and we had a really good turnout and everyone who came really appreciated it because there were a lot of people, even though they've lived there for a long time, didn't know a lot of the neighbors. And then when I moved to the house I live in now, we moved here a couple years ago, I did the same thing. Again, I walked around the neighborhood with a little drinks in a driveway invitation. I called it drinks in a driveway because that sounded fun to me and I wanted to attract other people who thought it sounded fun. And if hanging out with a bunch of neighbors wasn't someone's thing, they probably aren't my people. And that's totally fine. Now, when I did this at my first house, I was still in the field, like I said, but none of my neighbors became customers and that's okay. Just the act of stepping out of my comfort zone, meeting new people and setting an intention to meet more people helped me continue to look for and find opportunities to continue to do these things. If you're sitting around waiting for people to come to you, you're going to be waiting a long time. 
If you're hoping your circle of friends will support your business and introduce you to people, be prepared for some very slow growth. The faster you get out of your inner circle, the better. And the best way to make that happen is to take action on your own. And the same goes with social media. You have to take initiative and reach out to people. You might get a lot of likes and views on your posts, but are you building relationships and having people enter your business? Join groups that are interesting to you and interact in the group and do it as a participant in the group, as a normal person, not as an XYZ consultant. Scroll through Instagram and when you find people who seem to be your people, engage on their posts and their stories. Don't bring up your business, just talk to them and connect with them. Now, is this scary? Yeah, maybe at first, but eventually it won't be. Look at them as people and not as prospects or customers. Talk about what you have in common. And if they don't respond or engage with you, well, they're not your people and that's okay. Have fun with this. This is a relationship business and the better you get at building relationships and the more natural it's going to be for you, the more successful you're going to be. So let's go ahead and recap what we talked about on this episode. Defining your dream team will help you build it because you'll be able to put yourself in the places where you'll meet them. You'll be able to structure your business so that you can attract them to you and you'll help your reticular activating system go to work for you so they can point people out to you. Your dream team will be a lot like you. So use your interest and your values as a starting point. Then find events, activities, and organizations that align with your interests and have these events and activities be ones that you would choose even if you didn't have a business because you might not get any business out of it, but you will get experience and experiences are what makes you interesting and people like to be around interesting people. When you're choosing your events and activities, make sure that there will be an opportunity to engage with people. If you want to learn how to speak Spanish, then find a Spanish class. Don't sign up for Rosetta Stone because that's self-paced independent learning and you're not going to meet anyone. When you're engaging with people, be a normal person. Don't be spammy or salesy or weird. Your business will come up eventually. When I lived on the East Coast, the question of what do you do occurred in the first conversation. But out here in California, it could take several conversations before it comes up. Now, you can be the one to initiate it, but if you do, you have to take a genuine interest in their job. You have to ask questions and listen. And if they ask you what you do, then answer by saying something like, I'm an XYZ consultant and I help my customers blank and I help my team build their own XYZ businesses and then pause. Don't give the company's history, pull out a sample or ask them if they have a problem that you can solve. Let them lead the conversation. They didn't sign up for a presentation. It's just like you're asking someone how they are or what's Johnny doing now that he graduated. And then they go into every little detail about their health or Johnny's job search. When that happens, you're going to be looking for an exit from that conversation as fast as possible. And you're not going to be super psyched to talk to that person again. And the final thing is I want you to be intentional and be willing to play the long game. Your success is inevitable. You have time to do this. Have fun with this. And if you have any questions or want to share your ideas, then go to the Facebook group or send me a DM. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D. Northcutt on Instagram. And I love to hear from you and celebrate your success.